If you are vulnerable to psychic damage from roguish language, stay away from these gibbering mouths. But if you intend on listening to this podcast about enriching your fantastical group hallucinations, you're too far gone already. Your next game is going to be dark and full of terrors. And here's why. In this episode, we're finding answers to how can we amp up the flavor of darkness when we cast it? And what can we add to darkness to make it even more fun to cast? And how can GMs use this spell to add depth and mystery to their environments? Welcome to the Hook and Chance podcast. I'm Jordan. And I'm his brother, Travis. How's your face mouth? Uh, it's coming along very poorly. I've recently had all of my wisdom teeth removed, and this is the first time I've been able to speak like a human being again. By a guy in an alley with a pair of pliers. <laughs> no, that's incorrect. Travis is lying to you. It was a well-lit environment. <laughs> Professional <laughs> dentist's office. That's the bar. It's just a well-lit environment. Yeah. Well, just so you understand Jordan's dedication to your entertainment, his face is a little bit... What's a polite word? Chubby? Sure. Uh, girthy. Robust. Your face is robust on one side. And it's full of disturbing holes. Does that help <laughs> paint a picture? Absolutely. And if you're afraid of the dentist, trigger warning. I know that was a little bit late. We already talked about all of the <laughs> awful give stuff. A trigger yeah. warning after the fact. That's awful trigger warning. Well, obviously, we're talking about darkness, like the darkness in the hole in your head. Ah, you think darkness is your ally? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you'll use any opportunity. You merely adopted the dark <laughs> to do. This is like the third time you've done this Bane monologue on, on this show. All right, I'll stop hard then. <laughs> that being said, I mean, from that scene, the Batman Bane fight scene, like that's kind of what we're trying to capture. Yeah. Like Batman throws up his darkness and it should be his ace in the hole it should be the thing and then all of a sudden he's up against a monster that can see through darkness yeah it's like we're talking about a character that can cast darkness and he does so and then bane's the warlock that's got devil's sight and he's like no no you little piece of shit i can see through this easily you got oh, nothing on me you don't realize what abilities i have <laughs> yeah this is exactly what we're talking about so I mean, if you're playing a warlock, like this is a must have. Well, yeah, it's classic warlock. I mean, but what character doesn't want the knight to close in around their enemies in a way that they can't penetrate? I mean, and it's so satisfying yes. because all these creatures in D&D have got dark vision. Actual normal darkness doesn't mean much. But all of a sudden, you can make an impenetrable inky sphere. Now you're on top. Now you're freaking people out. Oh, yeah. And there's just something so cool about blanketing the battlefield in your inky blackness. Yeah, like a squid. <laughs> Defensive and squid away. <laughs> Any squid-based characters, this is the spell for you. But when I see conversations around darkness in the D&D space, it's often talked about purely in mechanical terms. So that's kind of why we made this episode, to bring it back to the fiction that we've been talking about. It's so cool. It's about more than a 15-foot radius here. It's about bending the laws of light to your will and inspiring fear in those that cross your path. 
And that's what we want to capture as our character, because you're absolutely right. We often use it as just like, I'm going to plunk it down here so that these guys can't see over here and it's going to block over here. And it's like, cool, but like you're conjuring (laughs) impenetrable darkness from the nether. Like where the what the fuck is going on? That's so cool. Yeah. But why don't we add all of that flavor in there? It's just kind of dropped sometimes. So let's talk about flavor from the player's perspective in the Kinship Camp. This is Kinship Camp, where rich histories and diverse quirks are explored between weary adventures around the safety of the fire. So as we do, we're going to recap the spell itself. So darkness has a casting time of one action. A range of 60 feet. That's pretty big. That's you're getting some space. You're getting some distance there. Yeah, you can really be strategic with it. You can throw it pretty far away. It has two components, one verbal and one material. And that includes some bat fur and a drop of pitch or piece of coal. I personally would design the coal into a bat with the bat fur and throw it at people. Oh, why not? Yeah. Freak them out. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably what Batman does. And I'm just wondering, like, what are you doing with some of those material components? Like, we should definitely take a little time. We should talk about, A, where are you keeping all these little pieces of coal? Like, do you have a little... Of course, you've got your material components pouch. Yeah. But, like, if you've ever tried to keep charcoal, for instance, like art supplies. Charcoal is one of those art supplies that goes in, like, the bin with the pens inadvertently and now all of a sudden all of your pens are just covered in charcoal (laughs) and you can't reach into that bin like you got to segregate that stuff yeah you need to be a tidy wizard for this one the duration is concentration up to 10 minutes so that's sitting for a while well how long do most combats last maybe a minute yeah if it's lasting 10 minutes you've got some pacing problems i mean if you really like if you need to calm the barbarian down out of their rage (laughs) Maybe just put them in the timeout sphere. Yeah. Cast some darkness on them and just be like, man, chill, breathe. I'm going to give you a little bit of cover. You compose yourself and come back out when you're ready to be a person. Yeah. You've previously convinced them that they can't leave the darkness until you... (laughs) (laughs) You're going in the bad box. Yeah. Calm down. The classes that can usually cast this are Sorcerer, Warlock, and Wizard. But of course, there's subclasses that gain access to spells from other classes' spell lists. Or I think even feats. Like, you can have this as pretty much any class. Yeah, you can find a way to cast darkness. And the spell itself. Magical darkness spreads from a point you choose within range to fill a 15-foot radius sphere for the duration. The darkness spreads around corners. A creature with dark vision can't see through this darkness. And non-magic light cannot illuminate it. That bit is fairly important. That non-magical light can't illuminate it, but some magical lights can. They can actually penetrate that darkness. This means the number one way to cast an entire area in regular darkness is to cast the spell around the light source. Oh yes, absolutely. Like you can, if there's a single light source in a room, now all of a sudden you got no light source. Yeah. If the point you choose is on an object you are holding or one that isn't being worn or carried, the darkness emanates from the object and moves with it. Now that is really a, an important piece here 
because you can cast it on something and then you can toss it or you can move it or you can put it somewhere and keep concentrating on that spell. This lets your party members even start to use it strategically if they want to as well. You toss your dagger to them and they can use darkness. Absolutely, yeah. So completely covering the source of the darkness with an opaque object, such as a bowl or a helm, blocks the darkness. This also is incredibly key, and we'll get into more of how we can use that in a little bit. If any of the spell's area overlaps with an area of light created by a spell of second level or lower, the spell that created the light is dispelled. It's just fancy talk of saying, you know, magical light can counter it, but it has to be a higher level magical light. Yes. But how cool is that, that a simple casting of darkness can combat some yeah, light? Totally. And that there's like a war going on here. There's like a battle for supremacy and power in the darkness and the light. And I want to kind of see that. Mm -hmm. Like I want to see two casters go toe to toe, trying to one up each other on their significant light or anti-light spells. Cleric v. Warlock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So first, I kind of want to talk about the technical specifications of how you can use this spell. Okay. Typically, we've talked about the fact that it's basically darkness as a form of light, right? It's emanating from a source that you choose. Yeah, so it's like lighting up the opposite of a torch. Yeah. You can take a torch and you can put it somewhere. You can hold it on your person. And while that's a super cool flavor, I think there's an opportunity to do something very different and kind of scientific with darkness as well. Okay, I'm open to it. So are you familiar with the material Vantablack? Ah, the paint? Well, maybe we should explain what Vantablack is real quick. Sure, sure. When I hadn't heard of it, it just sounded like a sci-fi word. <laughs> Vantablack. <laughs> well, it's basically a paint that is kind of a, it's just a series of vertical carbon nanotubes that are so dark. And because they're tubes, they allow light in, but then they get, it gets refracted inside that paint and barely any light escapes it. Right. It absorbs like up to 99.99% of visible light. Yeah. So when you look at this, any surface that's got Vantablack on it, you just can't see anything. I even watched a guy paint an entire room in this kind of paint and he just disappeared inside it. He even turned on a light inside it and the light was like <laughs> tiny. <laughs> it barely did anything. It boggles the mind. And if you haven't seen this in action, definitely look up some YouTube, but you can't use it because Anish Kapoor has exclusive rights to use this paint in his studio. So good luck buying it. But I think somebody has actually developed like a spinoff of it. Yeah. And they sell it just to, and then they actually named it something that was basically a diss to Anish Kapoor. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, can't keep the creativity to himself. I'm going to use it in D&D. So imagine that instead of darkness as a light source, Everything and everyone is coated in darkness instead, like a paint. Oh. Nothing reflects light within that 15-foot sphere. Interesting. It just, any light that goes into that sphere is just absorbed. Right, yeah. And I think describing this process could be pretty fun, especially if it's a little bit slower than normal, like Matrix style as it envelops everything. Well, you've got the duration of one action. So True. essentially a turn. Yeah. And it can happen slowly. At As least it, six seconds of like, yeah, getting coded. We could go another direction if we are a warlock. This could look a lot like 
say, the Venom symbiote crawling all over everything and kind of worming its way around. Yeah. I feel like that reference is a little bit less niche than the actual comic book character, The Darkness, or Jackie Estacado, which was a comic series from the early 2000s, (laughs) late 90s. People know Venom. They might not know Darkness. They made a couple (laughs) of video games. They were very good. But in essence, that's what it was. It was just this like otherworldly darkness that could be conjured and would actually crawl all over him and coat him. Totally. He had little demon buddies too, right? Oh, yeah. You could have that in the mix. Have these little demons with paintbrushes come out. (laughs) Yeah, so I like this idea. But let's talk about some strategies that we can use in combat or out of combat in our D&D play. Absolutely. Well, I think the standard that we have to cover, just because it's obvious and, and very useful, is a little bit of battlefield control. If you've got enemies coming at you in a way that you don't want, maybe they're going for your glass cannon caster that can't take any hits. So you cast darkness in front of them, and all of a sudden they've got a chance to, you know, reposition or force the enemies to a different combatant, anything like that. Mm, I like that. Another way that you could use this is as an anti-lamp. So if you've got, say, a hooded lamp or a bullseye lamp, which both are pretty mundane items in the world of D&D, they're part of your regular adventuring gear. Yeah. Well, the problem with darkness is that the rest of your party is susceptible to it as well. Absolutely. if you've got a human, they are screwed. Like, sorry, human. So many different creatures can see in darkness, but magical darkness kind of gets everybody. (laughs) Like, they're all up shit's creek in a combat scenario if they're caught inside darkness. But what if you grabbed a stone, cast darkness on that stone, and then put it inside your hooded lantern, meaning you can shed a cone of darkness wherever you want to point it. Yeah, targeting your enemies. And yeah, I can see how that would be super useful, especially if you got somebody with a hooded lamp with light cast in it. Then you got another darkness light war of lanterns. (laughs) Like lightsabers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Definitely got to make the whooshing sound. The creative little spell combo that you can use too is using illusion spells, at least the audio component of them, within the darkness itself. Because as we all know, not seeing a monster is much scarier than actually seeing it. So if you just cast some some freaky sounds in there. Hmm. Yes, I could see this as being a bit of a two-person like combo. Yeah. Is... Like we were talking about with the darkness, like you mentioned, he has all of these like little monsters and gremlins. You could make it sound like you were casting darkness and then conjuring creatures from the netherworld, like an army of them from within that black void. Exactly. You could even have little shapes groping out with the same illusion kind of spells. Oh. Like you're scaring away everybody but the most hardened enemies. If you've ever been bothered by just a busy, busy town marketplace, too many people... Lineups to the stalls too long. <laughs> sure. Try casting this in the middle of all of it. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> you will have no lines and your pick of the entire marketplace. The shopkeeps will stay because they need that dollar. Oh, no, the shopkeeps leave too. You <laughs> oh. just need the rogues to do the shopping. Gotcha. Those with loose morals. Full access to the entire marketplace. 
Well, another thing that you can do is when the town guard comes to arrest those that are looting all of the market <laughs> stalls, when that rogue gets down to, say, five hit points, you know, when you've got your squishy characters that need some protection, darkness is a great way to make them not a viable combat option. Enemies that can't see in darkness are going to find it very difficult to target the person in the darkness. And if you just need to give them a moment while the barbarian takes most of the ire or something like that, you can cast darkness on your allies and just give them a moment to collect themselves. Yeah, definitely a great getaway spell. And I think anyone out there that's considered darkness for long enough or used it in a character knows that the ultimate combination is to take an ability that lets you see in magical darkness with the spell because then you're the only one that can see in it you're some kind of a super warrior oh this is hella worth taking a two level dip as a warlock for that devil's sight ability and i know that there's probably other options out there but tasha's cauldron of everything i believe introduced the fighting style blind fighting which is Probably the easiest way to get it is just a one-level dip into fighter. Mm, yeah. And you can pick up that fighting style. But the problem of this darkness technique that you mentioned earlier, Travis, is that your allies also become blind. And usually you've got at least two upfront characters, right? Well, absolutely. And especially for rogues, there's actually some really cool synchronicities that happen that I myself tried. With a rogue warlock, you can give yourself your own advantage within that darkness. And that's what you need to do sneak attacks. The problem is, is that everyone has to keep a very wide berth. Yeah. And it's good in theory, but when everyone kind of crowds into the one area during combat, you're screwing over the rest of the party. So this might seem like a good idea off the hop, but trust me, it <laughs> you become a real pain in the ass. Yeah, whenever you do it, like... You feel like a badass, but the rest of your party is secretly just like, okay, I guess I'll go over here and organize these rocks <laughs> while you kill everybody. <laughs> Hope you're fine on your own because the cleric can't even target you. Yeah. So I know that that's already super powerful, but I think that a bit of a homebrew solution that could be cool is if you cast darkness at a higher level spell slot, the caster gets to choose the radius up to 15 feet and change the radius on their turn as a bonus action for the duration of the spell. Go on. So I'm saying you could cast it at five foot radius so that you're just fighting the one person that you're next to. There we go. You can then stretch it out to 15. You know, a higher level spellcaster has the ability to control their darkness a bit more. I don't think that's totally unreasonable. No, I think that would work totally. I, I would love to see that because it makes the spell that much more tactical. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. The other thing that I see a lot from some players is the idea that they can somehow say cast darkness on an arrow and then they can shoot that arrow towards the enemy and you know throw that darkness as far as they want of course a bow has a range of up to 120 feet the problem with that and something that players conveniently overlook when they're coming up with these kind of <laughs> ideas is that the range is still 60 feet. So if it goes beyond that 60 feet, your concentration is gone. The spell is gone. Yeah, definitely don't put your DM in the position to shut down your whole jam. Because you didn't think about the trick, that. right? Yeah. Is like, don't don't make your DM be a dick <laughs> by trying to be a dick yourself and <laughs> bend the rules. There you go. 
All right, so let's get into the flavor of this spell and think about how we would actually cast it as different characters. Sure. Well, you obviously need to start with the warlock. Oh, yeah. This is the class I think that this spell was intended for, right? I mean, you could just go with something classic like a rip in reality's fabric that allows that inky black cloud to spill in, chilling the air. Ooh. See, I like that because where is the darkness emanating from? Is it a plane of shadow? Is it a weird material plane that's often not known about that it just spills forth clouds of darkness? Like, that's the other thing. Is it a smooth cloud? Is it just this kind of smooth void where light doesn't come out of? Or is it a smoke, a billowing kind of puffy, ethereal, like kind of creepy space that kind of just dissipates after 15 feet yeah yeah see what you're saying well here's another take on the warlock what if they just kind of looked up and raised off the ground slightly as darkness comes pouring out of their eyes mouth and nose and as they fall back down they look desiccated and corpse-like what and they can then control that cloud but when the spell ends it rushes back into them revitalizing their physical form wow I'm digging that. Yeah. Like they're they're projecting their life essence out of their body. Yeah. Which is really a statement about how <laughs> dark it is in there. Yeah. Just in case you were wondering, it's darkness on the inside and out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any inner light, so don't go looking for it, cleric. This is what not getting hugged as a child does to you. <laughs> this is what my dark backstory has brought about. <laughs> Well, what about characters like artificers? Yeah, they'd have to get creative with how to get the spell, but it's always fun to theorize how an artificer could do something. I mean, I love the idea of just an artificer throwing a smoke bomb style item into the ring. Only yeah, to like have a it. little cube or something that like opens up and lets the darkness spill out. Yeah, like they've super condensed darkness. I wonder, you could take it a step further and really lean into that artificer flavor by giving it some spider legs. Heck yeah. You just toss it down and it walks into the middle and then releases. Totally. They've just got some little tightened up spiders of all flavors on their belt kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Could have all kinds of spells in there. What about a rogue? Well, rogues I like because they still kind of have that mildly mechanical vibe to the, the spells that they cast. At least that's how I like to imagine a lot of them. So what about if they throw down like caltrop-like devices around the perimeter of the spell and that kind of contains it it's like cast between the items see i like i like that because anything that the rogue is doing it should be quick precise like giving it that rogue flavor so even whether they're caltrops or a series of darts that they're just quickly hucking oh yeah down into the ground or hell even a knife like why can't we make some of these items kind of magical items? If the rogue wants to pull a quick dagger and then throw it down into the ground and the hilt starts spilling out all of this inky blackness, fuck it, that seems cool, let's do that. <laughs> and then the classic spellcaster, wizard. With this, I always go right to the spell components because like, they're the ones that have got to cast spells as intended, right? A little bit more. Yeah, I mean, usually you've got the full rules that they have to adhere to. They do the verbal component. They do the material component. They take the little piece of bat wing and they mash it together with something else and toss it out. Yeah, and they need that verbal component. I love the verbal components. So with wizard, we could do things like, oh gosh, which is dark place in Dothraki. <laughs> 
I was quite surprised. I thought maybe you'd picked up a language in the last <laughs> week while you've had your wisdom teeth removed. Or made up my own in my haze of pain. <laughs> pain and meds. Lothron Fuintob Idor. Oh, that what? adds some, you know, flavorous uh, some poeticism in there. <laughs> poeticism. You're making up languages too, I think. Why not? That one's let darkness cover the land in Elvish, if you please. I like that. Or Gatilmach Leglabe. <laughs> I gotta say it like that. Kiss your mother with that mouth? Because it's Klingon, right? It's gotta be angry. Ah, Klingon. That makes more sense. And that one's translated to cast them into darkness. Oh, see, that's great. We always need to spend a little bit of time just thinking about some of the verbal components. And again, there's little things that you can do to kind of pull the realism towards your character if you are adding that little bit of flavor of reaching into your material component pouch, pulling out the bat feather. <laughs> Bats have feathers. <laughs> yeah. Pulling out the bat wing. I think you're going to cast something different if you pull out a bat feather. Or the fur. And then mashing that together with some of the pitch, with some of the other material components, your fingers are going to be dirty little sausages. <laughs> and so adding that little bit at the very end where the wizard goes to clean off the soot off of their fingers post casting a spell. It's little things like that that ground the character in a reality, in the fiction that you're trying to tell. Yeah, or smears it on someone's cloak. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Oh, I mean, that's the dick move, yeah. is like wiping it on the, the sorcerer's <laughs> fancy cloak. Very expensive. The coat of many colors. Yeah. No, I'm thinking, wipe it across your face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that war paint shit. <laughs> Go up to the barbarian and smudge him under the eyes. Spell <laughs> <laughs> components can be used for other things, people. Okay, got one more for the sorcerer. You could have the sorcerer's shadow run to the point that you're casting darkness, Peter Pan style. And oh. <laughs> then the shadow itself looks like it's casting a spell only to explode in that darkness. I like that. Bravo, sir. <laughs> that is good. That's some great flavor. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe goes and fights with the enemy's shadow first. I just, I wonder what obscene gestures that shadow can give before it like pieces out into darkness. <laughs> Pulls its pants down. <laughs> Gives the double, flips the double bird. Yeah. And you have to coax your shadow back into existence later on during your long rest. <laughs> Talk it into coming back. <laughs> yeah. Please, come on. I need you. I know that hurt. <laughs> I'm sorry I keep casting you away. All right. Hopefully that sparks something for your darkness casting character. But you probably got some ideas of your own. Feel free to drop us a line with those. Yeah. Comment. Give us a, give us a little heads up. Hop on our Discord and tell us what creative uses or creative castings of darkness you've done in the past as well. But now we're going to jump into the strategy stateroom and talk about some DM strategies of how to use darkness and how to respond to darkness when the players cast it. Players, if you're a player, plug your ears. Yep. Turn off the pot. <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> strategy stateroom. Let's go. This is the strategy stateroom where inventive and cunning tactics are crafted for when they're needed most. You've got to stop telling people to stop listening to our podcast, Travis. <laughs> it's a great way to attract listeners. <laughs> Shut your ears and go away. Yeah. All right. So DMs, we need to come up with a way that you can combat this 
I mean, if we're being honest, and since we can be, because no more players are listening. <laughs> sure. Darkness is a pain in my ass as a DM. It screws all of my best laid plans. Well, sure. That's what players are there for. So we need to come up with some ways that we can work with this from a DM's perspective. And I'd say just right off the bat, this is where we need to go to D&D Beyond and start using some of their search functions because you can search for a monster by those that have blind sight, true sight, or tremor sense. Okay. Your darkness can suck my butt. (laughs) because I've found some monsters that can see straight through it. And what a terrible way to really, really show your players, ha, I've got your number. You let them get away with the darkness bullshit a couple of times. Oh yeah, you got to give them their spotlight. They've got to, it's got to work. It's got to, they got to have fun with it. Let it work dramatically and so, so well. The goblins didn't see what was coming. It hit them so hard, they mopped the floor with the goblins. But then, then as they start to use this as a regular tactic, there is something so visceral and scary about something that does not seem slowed by the darkness spell. Yeah, especially monsters with those like hollow eye sockets kind of thing. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. That's good shit. You gotta fight back. But in those first couple of events where it goes off wonderfully, I want to propose leaning in as wholeheartedly as you can to make it feel cool for the players. So how would you propose doing that? Well, imagine being any kind of average NPC in this fantasy world. Anyone that's not super familiar with hardcore magic. Okay. You're going to be disoriented and confused. You've just been swallowed by darkness. Especially if it's got some extra creepy qualities to it, you're probably going to start panicking. Like you've got antagonistic people that want to hurt you and you can't see shit. Fair enough. That's a terrifying proposition. You're going to be calling out to your allies if you have any around. You're going to be stumbling around. You're going to be very vocal about the fact that you are all of a sudden unable to participate in this. And that's one of those DM skills that I don't know that you ever stop growing, is thinking about things from your character's perspectives, and you're all characters, and even those enemies are afraid of something. So yeah, having them call out and having them really viscerally experience that to give your players that sense of accomplishment and like, holy shit, I just cast darkness and that guy pissed his pants. Yeah, and as the DM, I'm always really tempted to show how tough my NPCs are by having them not respond with fear to those situations. But like we said, if you lean in, you're going to make them feel so much better about casting these spells, at least on the first couple, and then you can smash them with your (laughs) clever DM plans. And with that, now we get to some creative uses that you can throw at the players that involve this wonderful spell. Things as simple as a shadowless hallway. Like imagine you've got darkness lights hanging from the ceiling. Everyone with dark vision can still see normally. Somebody can have a torch if they don't have dark vision, but that torch does not cut through these hanging lamps that just shine little cones down of darkness every 15 or 20 feet. And you can have anything in those cones of darkness. You can have monsters and traps and They could be hiding anywhere. Yeah. What if you had like a haunted house kind of scenario where the entire place is magically dark, but then you gave the players something like one of the bullseye lanterns and that sheds magical light. But here's the thing is that it just like 
say a battery in a real flashlight requires concentration. Ooh, nice. Now you're having one of your players who would normally be able to cast lots of different spells have to concentrate on keeping and you've essentially got that like flickering flashlight <laughs> scenario yeah. of a typical haunted house experience. I love it. Always be trying to throw off that character's concentration as the DM. Yeah. And I just, I love that feel so much that is so often robbed from me as the DM when I f- forget every time to consider dark vision. <laughs> yes. 100%. I'm always thinking they're going into a dark, spooky cave. Okay. You guys can't see anything. Yeah, I can. I can. Yeah, I can too. <laughs> The entire party is like, yep, we can see fine. Actually, did you know that my character can see like it's daylight? It's like, well, (laughs) screw me then, I guess. Yeah. They always make a point of just really rubbing it in. It's like, actually, it doesn't bother me at all. You know these plans that you've laid out? I'm immune. (laughs) Why do you hate me? (laughs) Okay, here's another one. Throw a monster at the party that's got an area of darkness around it, but it's got devil's sight, just like your best players. And the twist here is that light sources can be consumed by this creature to maybe increase its hit points or its strength or one of its abilities or even grow the area of darkness. Ooh, yeah, that's fun. I dig that. Especially if you've got NPCs that are trying to like, they're they're starting their torches, townspeople or something, and you're just like, stop, you're giving it more strength. Let us fight this thing. Yeah, that just keeps growing and growing and growing and like enveloping. Well, if it hit the edge of a town. Yeah. Ooh, you're trying to stop it from reaching town. And it just gets enveloped. It swallows the entire town in magical darkness. Yes. I very much like that. So what if you did a lightless maze? So what I'm thinking here is that if you've got magical darkness but light is being cast in a particular pattern that creates a maze okay so fine the problem with the maze though is that in order to find your way through the maze you kind of need to follow the maze so there's no physical barriers anywhere it's just barriers of magical darkness now you fill that maze full of creatures that know their way around or can see through magical darkness. They're so used to this space that they're unencumbered by the problems of a light maze. Yeah, they can make it across the maze super quick from anywhere. Exactly. But the players really have to stick to the maze. Sure, you could step through one of the darkness walls, but you would completely lose all bearing on where you were. Yeah. You would never find your way around, so you do have to stick to the path. The players are always going to come up with some creative means. Maybe they would rope themselves together or something like that. But you still have these creatures that are running all over the place and can use that magical darkness to their best advantage. Totally. Trying to snatch characters and pull them into the darkness. Yeah. I love it. Well, I want to pull us back to that Vanta Black idea for a second here from the DM's perspective, because I think it could be really cool to do a perspective puzzle. So imagine that you've got an entire enemy's lair that's covered in this Vanta Black. Okay. Everything in it, 
They're black. None of the party can see anything in this magical darkness. Yeah, because Vanta Black in front of Vanta Black is just more black. Right. But let's say that perhaps due to an accidental explosion or a player ability, because the player is going to try something to do something. <laughs> one of the walls of Vanta Black kind of crumbles away and exposes a different color. Okay. So you got a room, four sides. One wall is now white, let's say, for simplicity. And that means that now your characters have an opportunity to see the enemy, but only if they put the enemy between themselves and the wall. Interesting. So they basically have to fight from the opposite side of the room. Yeah. And the enemy has the opportunity to keep trying to get themselves in a strategically advantageous position too. So they, you just basically see a little shadow scurrying around, you know, a little silhouette. Yeah. Oh, especially if you had like minions crawling around too. That'd be cool. Just like lurking in front of that wall. Well, and to also not understand scale and perspective. So if you had that silhouette against a lighter surface, are they standing far away? Are they right in your face? True. Are they within striking distance? Yeah, that's fair. That'd be fun to play with. You don't know where they are, but you know they're in this line from you to the wall. There we go. Hmm. Extra points, I think, for having silence cast in this enemy's lair as well. If you really want to mess with the party, they can't communicate with each other. That could be neat if the party knew about this lair and they had to chase a, a Vanta Black assassin kind of foe through the city streets or something, like stop them from getting back to their place of ultimate power because it's going to be a lot harder to fight them there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's the other side of the screen. Again, please give us your coolest ideas tell us how darkness has gone off incredibly in your games i'm excited to use this a little bit more like i'm excited to get back in there and throw this at my players yeah i think any spell can be the spark of creativity for all kinds of cool ideas from the gm side of the table and from the player's side too because there's so much that we can do to add more flavor to these spells and make sure that the rest of the party knows how freaking powerful you are being able to conjure darkness from <laughs> some otherworldly space. Yeah, you could write a whole story around that one concept. Come on. Thanks to our patrons that have an otherworldly darkness inside them. Oh, do they? Oh, yes. Thank you. Felix R. Chris F. I see spiders where there are none. The Senate. Lucas D. Lila G. The GM Tim. Nevermore. Thomas W. Tyler G. Ty N. Heavy Arms. Eric R. Aldrost. Leprechaun. And Will HP. Thank y'all so much for making this possible. If you want to join them as patrons, you can find us on Patreon, Hook and Chance. Fairly straightforward, fairly easy, and you get access to our patron-only channel, as well as exclusive hangouts. You can otherwise just join the wonderful folks on our Discord, players and DMs, always swapping cool ideas. Thanks to Tabletop Audio for the sound effects that you heard in this episode. We also technically exist at Hook and Chance on Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit. But we really exist on that awesome community of players and DMs on Discord, which you can find the link for on our website, hookandchance.com. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening, listening and, and Medi Nintelis. Translation? Suck my butt. <laughs> <laughs>